This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep, deep, diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey everybody, it is good to be back. The Utopia Football Podcast alive and kicking and we are here and we are right smack dab in the middle of free agency as we record this on a Tuesday afternoon. It's good to be with you. I am Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. Joined as always by my good friend, the Hall of Famer, the senior Texans columnist for SportsRadio610.com and of course GalleriesSports.com, John McClain. And, um, John, you haven't signed with anybody yet. Has anybody legally tampered with you today like they are with free agents right now? Well, uh, I haven't signed with anybody because it's you can't sign with anybody, and I wish I could get a few million dollars to sign one when it becomes official. But, unfortunately, I will not. Yeah. So, John, the um, the Texans have made some moves, and some of them I, I like and some of them I think are low-level moves. Before we get into the specifics – of the moves of each move that they've made, you know, just kind of rapid fire these things here. Um, what What is your overall feeling right now about the Texans 24 hours into the legal tampering period and what, what Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans have done so far? Very underwhelming. I like to trade by Shaq Mason, but that course is not free agency. He can come in and play right guard. He played all but five snaps for the Bucks last year, played his first six seasons with the Patriots. So, they had to they had to get rid of him in Tampa because of the cap. And so I think that was a good move. Jimmy Ward's older. He'd been with the Niners for nine years. He's great in the locker room, great on the sideline, good player. He wasn't happy with his role in nickel last year, even though he played well. But he came here and D'Amico wanted him. And I think one of the reasons D'Amico wanted him was his leadership. But he'll start opposite Jalen Petrie. And then I like Case Keenum. I think you and you, I noticed you, you tweeted this. I did too. I wish they would bring Case back to Houston about six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I like it. You know, he's not going to start. All that stuff about Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, was put out by Garoppolo's agents to gullible media who believed it because it never made sense for him to come here knowing he might start one or two games. I say he'd be a good backup. He got starters money to go to uh, the uh, Raiders, but I like Case. Case is like a coach. Be his third time here. I think he'll go now from here into coaching, whether it's with the Texans or another team. And uh, I just think a rookie quarterback, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, could not have anyone better to work with them than Case Keenum. And as far as those other guys, they've agreed with none floats my boat. Um. 
The okay, a couple things there, John. One, I, I hadn't thought about that angle about Case getting into coaching. I mean, I thought about Case being a coach before, but this is a way. This is a way to. If he's going to coach, you're getting in on the ground floor. You're still playing quarterback, but you're attaching yourself to a one of the hottest young coaches in the league. B, a system that seems to be getting adopted more and more by teams around the league, where you're get you know you're. You're getting plugged into. Hey, I know he's played in a bunch of different systems. He's been on. This will be his seventh or eighth team that he's played on. Um, but that's an. So, do you think there's anything to Case wanting to get into coaching after his career is over that would dictate the Texans was the right place for him to go do that? Just maybe even from a networking standpoint. Yeah, yeah he's got a home here. This is where he lives. He's beloved here because of what he did at the University of Houston during his six-year career. He's 35, which is hard to believe. Case Keenum is 35 yeah. years old. And uh, and he loves Houston. So this is a good opportunity for him. You know, his dad's a coach. I remember Gary Kubiak told me that kid's going to make a really good coach. His first two seasons were with Kubiak and his offense. That's the offense they're going to run here. Mm -hmm. Same when Kyle Shanahan ran, Mike Shanahan. So it should be a smooth transition. And, you know, he's one smart SOB because he's had to learn a different system every year. He's got – he's a great guy for – the locker room and just everybody loves Case Keenum. And yeah. I'm just so glad he came back here and uh, it wouldn't surprise me. surprise me in the least. He'd be a backup a couple of years and then uh, D'Amico Ryan's move him on their coaching staff. Yeah. I mean, well, hopefully in a couple of years, there's actually openings on the coaching staff because everybody's trying to cherry pick them because the offense looks so damn good. That would be nice. That'd be a great problem to have. So John, the first word you said when I asked you about this free agency group, was underwhelming. Were you expecting the Texans to make splashy signings like a Javon Hargrave signing or a Tremaine Edmonds or guys that are, you know, these are all guys that are, I think the max, the, the, the biggest deal they did was probably the Ward deal out of all these guys. Maybe Robert Woods is right in there too. Um, yeah, but nobody owed for over like eight or nine million a year. Were you expecting them to be shopping in that 15 to $20 million aisle, maybe on one or two guys on a splurge? I certainly did. I certainly was. I've been saying that, and, how, boy, I was wrong. Now, you still could. There's still a lot of players out there who can be had in free agency. More players are going to get cut as they get closer to the deadline to be under the cap. But, yeah, I thought there'd be one or two starters. They'd sign. We'd go, aha, that guy is a definite starter, and he's only 26 or 27 years old. You know, Robert Woods wasn't invited back by the Titans. Uh, I just, I'm just, you know, they need guys at receiver. So Robert Woods, I guess, is a good signing. Noah Brown from the Cowboys, he doesn't do anything for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, yes, I thought it's the first time. And even Casario, going back to the news conference he had at the end of the season, he talked about the cap money that he was going to have. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know what else he can do because he signed so many guys. But, geez, you know, I, I look at most of them backups. Uh, who are going to add depth? Do you do you think Laramie Tunsil is getting a contract extension this off season? I don't know. Uh, you know, somebody I'm guessing an agent leaked that the Texans were thinking about trading to Kansas City. Boom! Uh, they signed uh, Taylor, Juwan Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. So that was probably meant for him and his agent, and because you can't agents leak so much stuff. At this time of year, you have to be careful about being gullible 
and look at their motive. And it's always going to be for them not to help you. I don't have to do that anymore like I used to, especially at this time of year. So uh, I don't think Laramie's going anywhere. And uh, maybe he'll get an extension. And But he's already, when he signed the last time, Jack Easterby made him the highest paid offensive lineman in NFL history. Now he wants to do it again. His play and their performance with him certainly hasn't uh, made him worth being the highest paid in history again. And uh, so, but they can't do anything with it because a rookie quarterback has got to have a left tackle protecting him. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So you weren't buying the you weren't buying their that they were shopping him recently at all. No, not at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, what about Cooks? Is, is, I know you've been staunch that they're going to move Brandon Cooks. Is Robert Woods signing here? Yet another indication that that's going down. Well, if you look at their receivers right now, they don't have jack squat. They got Nico Collins going into his third year. He's been hurt too much his first two years. John Maggi the third's coming off treatment for leukemia. So I'm guessing if he's able to come back, he's not just going to hit the ground and play like he did in his last year at Alabama. It's going to be a gradual process. And then you've got the guys left over from last year and Robert Woods and now Noah Brown from the Cowboys, you know, if you, you're, you're hurting. Yeah. That's why I think I've been saying that after the quarterback, I thought they'd take a defensive lineman with the 12th pick and maybe Casario trade down because there, there's a couple of defensive linemen at that point, like Lucas Van Ness, an edge rusher, defensive end, who seems, who didn't start at Iowa, but is a top prospect. And, uh, Brian Breezy, a tackle, they could trade down and get him from Clemson. Maybe Miles Murphy from Clemson. Noah Smith, who ran the great 40 time, but he's 238 pounds. And so D'Amico had three number one picks in the defensive line, none behind him. And he said everything starts up front. So they've got to address the defensive line. Uh, they lost Obo, Obo Okoronkwo, let him go, didn't want to pay him seven million a year and they've you know jerry Hughes is going to be what like 65 years old <laughs> yeah and jonathan grenard has been hurt way too much but it's a contract year maybe he'll stay healthy and get double digits in sacks and try to get the big bucks but you know really i don't think Hassan ridgeway who started seven games for the 49ers and plays the run is the ideal defensive tackle next to next to Malik Collins? To me, you need a you need a pass rushing edge rusher and a guy who can put pressure on a quarterback in the middle. So I'm guessing, Sean, that's why I think it'll be that second first round pick. Yeah, and the value on wideouts really picks up early in the second round. It yeah. down into the third, but they got to improve at wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they got a lot of places to improve, obviously. Um, so, uh, so that's free agency for the Texans. I think that I think we hit sort of the main the main ones there. They made some lower level signings that are, you know, probably 
not worth spending a whole ton of time on. But uh, yeah, Jim, no, no disrespect to Chase Winovich, John. Or, you don't want to. You don't want to get into a deep dive on Mike Boone or no, Andrew no. Beck. No, although I will Thank say, goodness. I will say that um, one of the things I'm hoping that they are still shopping for is a center. Yes, um, because I actually, if Kenyon Green can take a, a step forward in year two. And they're able to sign a center that's just average. You know what I mean? Like not not a no world beater, it's just an average center. Someone better than Scott Quesenberry uh and Justin Britt. Um then you know, Tunsil, an improved green, a free agent center, Shaq Mason and Titus Howard uh across the offensive line. I mean, I think you could do worse than that across the offensive line. I think that's an offensive line that has a little bit of potential um with the new coaching staff in there. You know, this is their fourth line coach in four years. That's that crazy. The instability, no wonder they have problems up front. Hopefully, uh, they've got the right guy, Chris Strausser, who was at Indy. And people go, oh, man, Indy didn't do well last year. Well, they did year, They did well the year before. Mm-hmm. Now, what is what happened the year before that didn't happen this past season that made him look like a bad coach? Jonathan Taylor was not healthy. Right. When he ran left for 1,800 yards, led the NFL. Man, they got a good offensive line. Yeah. Then when he got hurt last year, that coach has got to go. Yeah. So he did have some talent for a while, and they did, they did do well. But that good running back could certainly help him. Let me ask you a question. Okay. I was totally against this before I went to the combine. And I'm not saying I'm for it right now. But I was so impressed with Bijan Robinson. And I wrote a column on gallerysports.com about he is the only prospect who doesn't, of the top guys, who has no blemishes on himself physically, talent-wise, size-wise, nothing. Jalen Carter, character, Will Will Anderson Jr. is undersized. Bryce Young's undersized. So he can catch like wide receivers. It's not a great draft for wide receivers. He can play in a slot. I started thinking as I was listening to him, him and Damian Pierce as the running backs, and then him sliding into the slot and throwing him the ball in space. I, I, I'm gotten where I'm kind of like the idea, although I don't think it's going to happen. I don't either, John, you're where I was three weeks ago on this podcast. I just you know? wasn't, I think he's going to Philadelphia 10 miles. Sanders going to get away from them. They need a new starting back. Can you imagine how good the Eagles, how much better the Eagles running game is going to be? And it's oh my God. The NFL. Oh my God. Yeah, no, that's, that's, and that that pick is a gravy pick for the Eagles. That's the one they got from the Saints. You know what I mean? Like so, they're already in the Super Bowl last year. They they can do, you know, I, I don't want to say risky because I don't think he's a risky prospect. But it's in today's NFL, using the tenth pick is considered a splurge. I guess we'll call it. But not for that guy. That guy's special, man. Like yes, you said, like yes. you can use him any number of ways. If they took Bijan at twelve, I would I would roll with, it. especially if they're taking a young quarterback at two. You know, then you got your backfield for the next however many years. Um, and you he's got a weapon. A big, he's a big – Bobby Slowick could use him like a big Christian McCaffrey. Yes. Because he catches, he runs after the catch like McCaffrey does, and he's been durable, 
And I just, I, I don't know if they'll be tempted to do that considering all the needs they have. Back to the center, Sean, what would you think? Because John Michael Schmidt's Minnesota is the best center. People are mm -hmm. not talking about him going in the first round. And there's a couple of centers, including one at TCU, that are going in the third round. If they had the chance to get the best center in the second round and solidify that position for, you hope, 10 years, would you sacrifice the receiver there to get the center? I, well, some of it's going to depend on what they've done in free agency, John. You know, like if they, if, if you're saying, would I rather do that than them pay a Connor McGovern, the other Connor McGovern, not the one that signed already? I can't believe there's two Connor McGoverns that are free agent interior offensive linemen in the NFL. That's remarkable to me. Um, I think. Uh, Without knowing who else is on the board at that point, I know you're asking me a general question and my comeback to you is I need to know more details. But if you're asking me in general, am I opposed to drafting a center with the 33rd overall pick? No, not staunchly. Um, you know, the same way I would be like, you know, drafting one with the 12th overall pick. Yes, I would be. I would be opposed yes. to that, that kind yeah. of thing. So, no, I'm not opposed to it, assuming that assuming that they, they still need one for one. Because if you draft one at 33, he is your starter day one. That's not a position Absolutely. where you draft a guy there. And so if they didn't sign one in free agency, then I would say then, – then yeah, like let's pretend that they didn't sign one. Like if they're rolling into the draft with Scott Quisenberry as their center, then hell yeah, take one at 33. Absolutely. I was watching panels with four former NFL GMs and coaches, and they talked about when you got a young quarterback, Yes, you need receivers, but if you ignore the offensive line, you're doing him an injustice. And I'm guessing if you get like John Michael Schmidt, I'm, and, uh, you would have him for a long time. Mm -hmm. Preferably, they get a good one in free agency and it doesn't have or it doesn't have to draft one. Right. But if they don't, I wouldn't have a problem with them doing it. You know, having him and Shaq Mason and an improved, and I don't think for a minute. Kenyon Green can be written off after a mediocre rookie year. And I, I think agree. the new coach will help him. That offensive line could go from just being mediocre to being one of the best in the NFL. Absolutely. Especially if you got an offensive staff that knows what they're doing. You like the, the, the staff yeah, last year was a clown it? show. <laughs> Do you think? <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. All right. So, John, let's get to um, let's get to some of the other stuff here. The, as far as big free agency signings go, I think Garoppolo is probably maybe not dollar wise the biggest signing, but he's the most impactful and probably the biggest name that's gone somewhere in free agency. Three years, sixty seven million dollars, thirty four million guaranteed to the Raiders. I saw a funny graphic on ESPN today, John, on SportsCenter during the um, during our show during Payton Pendergast. Uh, the odds on the Raiders winning the Super Bowl before the Garoppolo signing yesterday were 40 to 1. The odds on winning the Super Bowl now that they've agreed to a deal with Garoppolo, 40, 40 to 1. <laughs> Same exact odds. He moved the needle, didn't he? He literally did not move the needle. Like he, like he would have moved the needle if their odds actually went to like 50 to 1, because then you could say he moved the needle negatively. He was literally a signing that didn't move the needle one bit. It's still, the needle is still on 40 to 1. It's crazy. That could be, be a one year deal. Yeah. He still might take a quarterback like Will Levis or Anthony Richardson at seven, mm -hmm. or maybe try to get Hendon Hooker in the second round, although I think Hooker is going to go in the bottom of the first round. And, uh, 
And I'm so glad they didn't bring in Garoppolo here because he would have been a backup. You know, yeah. they're not going to sit a rookie. I saw somebody say, well, look at Patrick Mahomes. And I'm like, uh, duh. He had a former first-round pick ahead of him, and they were a playoff team every year. There's a little difference. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, well, John, even if they didn't, even if the Texans didn't draft a quarterback and they brought Garoppolo in and let's pretend he wasn't a backup, let's pretend he's a starter. What are we doing? You know what I mean? Better, like, what you better what, have a backup. Yeah, like, well, there's that, but let's pretend he stays healthy for 17 games. You, like, do we think Jimmy Garoppolo is winning 10 games here with this roster right now? Hell no. Hell and, no. And, I, and people bring up his record in San Francisco. I think the worst thing that happened to Jimmy Garoppolo, and I say this one day after he agreed to a deal for millions and millions of dollars, I understand that. But to me, in terms of the just the 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 myth, I'll call it that Garoppolo is this winner. You know, like oh, he he makes mistakes every now and then, and he's not a guy who wows you with the physical tools. But by God, he wins, dude. Brock Purdy won ten straight games on that team. Like that's it ain't Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo happens to be the dude that was at the controls. A quarterback for a team that has a ton of talent everywhere. And Garoppolo threw a lot of interceptions every yep. season. He's only had one full season in which he was healthy, and he's missed 10 games the last two years. You know what signing Case Keenum means? Davis Mills out of here. Mills isn't going to be the backup quarterback, and Case isn't going to be the third quarterback. So it's just a matter of whether they can convince Tim Kelly to convince Mike Vrabel to convince Rand Cawthorn to give up a low pick for him, but there's no way he's coming back as the third quarterback. So you think Davis Mills gets traded before the draft? Yeah, if they can get something for him, just like I think Brandon Cooks will get traded for a low pick before the draft as well. What, uh, What do you think? What do you think the market is for Davis Mills? I think maybe Tim Kelly, who coached him those last five games of his rookie year when he looked good. He had a great game against the Titans the last game of the year. They had to win to get home field advantage. He threw for three touchdowns, no interception, over 300 yards, almost beat Mike Vrabel. So I th- I could see him being uh, brought to the Titans. Okay. Like a day, obviously like a day three pick, right? Like a fifth or a sixth, something yeah, like that? Yeah, something low. Also, maybe – Maybe I, I'm not sure with all so many backup quarterbacks changes. You see, Taylor Heineke got ten million a year. Ten million a year for Taylor oh Heineke. Oh my goodness! And, Mike and, White got eight million a year. It's unbelievable. And then what did? Uh, let's see. Oh, there's one more I was going to ask you about. And I, my mind's gone blank. And it's great work if you can get it, and good for them. A lot of people think Garoppolo's just a one-year deal and he'll be gone and looking for another team this time next year when they're ready to play their rookie. Mm, interesting. Um, so uh, so that's Jimmy G. John, as far as other quarterback news, um, I don't know. It sure does look like Aaron Rodgers is on his way to New York when they're getting ready to sign Alan Lazard and they're negotiating reportedly, going to negotiate with Randall Cobb 
and Mercedes Lewis. Did you see these news reports today? Oh, yeah. Then wouldn't that be something if any? Dude. All these people wondering if he's going to retire. He's not going to retire instead of making $58.3 He's eating up all this attention. And, of course, Joe Douglas, the GM, would not be looking at those steps if Aaron Rodgers wasn't coming there. He's John, he's going full LeBron right now, Aaron Rodgers. He is. It's crazy. Um, is it worth it if you're the Jets? Is it worth the hassle? Is it worth the – is it worth – I know, it, it, like, on, on paper, these are just low-level signings that are going to occupy a couple roster spots, Mercedes Lewis and Randall Cobb. They might not even be active on game day. Who the hell knows? He might just want them around to have them in the locker room because they're his buddies. But I don't know, man. I just think what it symbolizes, like, really, like, you're giving in this much to this guy, who, by the way, is 39 years old and brings a ton of drama with him wherever he goes. And – since he won a Super Bowl in 2010, his record in the playoffs is six and seven. If I were to Jets and I'm giving up two ones for him, I'm giving up two ones for Lamar Jackson. I'm signing to a guaranteed contract, not 50 million a year, somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 to 230, because I'm guessing when Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert sign, maybe Jalen Hurts. In about three years, there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks with guaranteed contracts. If I'm the Jets, and remember, Lamar just turned 26. That's why if he hadn't turned down that three years offer with the uh, with the Ravens for what is 133 million guaranteed, mm -hmm. he would have been a free agent again. He plays at 26, 27. He'd been a free agent unrestricted at 29. And uh, but anyway, I. I uh, I think Rodgers is going there, and I think Lamar Jackson is going to stay with the Ravens. So you okay? So you think you don't think anybody? Now you say Lamar Jackson is going to stay with the Ravens. Do you think anybody throws an offer sheet his way, John? For a fully guaranteed contract, I'm guessing no, because Sean, if you do that, you're opening a Pandora's box and you can't close it because your other players are going to want guaranteed money, and you can't say. We don't offer guaranteed money when you just did. Well, the only one who's agitated for it so far since Deshaun's contract, because we could have said the same thing after Deshaun signed his deal with the Browns. I mean, the only one who's done it is Lamar Jackson. Other quarterbacks have signed deals since yep, then. they have, but they're not as good as Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and Jalen Hurts. Well, that's true. None of them are. You're absolutely right about and that. When Josh Allens is going to be up another couple of years, you think he's not going to get a guarantee? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I want to see Mahomes get dramatic. That would be really good for the rest of the league for Patrick Mahomes yes, to, to start to get a little verklempt about some of the things going on. But they keep winning Super Bowl. They're too busy winning Super Bowls, John. Um, all right, last thing before we get out of here, John. You and I have not talked since Carolina made the move up to number one in the draft over the weekend. They trade a two this year, a one next year, and a two the following year to essentially move up from nine to one. So the Bears move back eight spots in the first round to nine, and they pick up three premium picks, I'll call them, along the way. Uh, and D.J. Moore, 
we, we, you know, and that that's that's a significant piece too. He's a wide receiver who's still very, very good. Uh, Ryan Poles, you know, kind of made fun of him a little bit because he was really bragging about what he thought he could get for the pick. He ended up he didn't get the two first round picks that he was that he was promising, you know, in twenty four and twenty five. But he did pretty good on this trade, John. I gotta say, DJ Murphy automatically becomes uh, the number one. DJ Moore becomes mm-hmm. the number one receiver for the Bears, which Justin Fields really needs. But what he did do is he took himself out of Will Anderson Jr. and maybe Jalen Carter. I don't think Jalen Carter, even if he drops, is going to get past Seattle because they've proved they'll take anybody. And uh, maybe they get lucky and get him at nine. That'd be a hell of a move for him. But it's the thing is, Frank Reich and uh, – uh, and uh, Scott Fitterer come back from the combine where C.J. Stroud threw the ball great. Anthony Richardson, they had a great workout, showed a lot of promise. Bryce Young sounded good. And uh, so I think that they've decided, based on Reich's history of quarterbacks, Andrew Luck, 6'4", Carson Wentz, 6'5", Nick Foles, 6'6", Philip Rivers, 6'5", the shortest quarterback, I believe, he's employed is Sam Erlinger at 6'2". I don't think that he fell in love with Bryce Young and came back here and took Scott Fritter into making that deal. I think they have their sights set on C.J. Stroud. I just, maybe since he's got a five-year contract, he can afford to wait on Anthony Richardson and play Matt Corral. But I think it means the Texans are are in a better position to get Bryce Young the people's favorite. Yeah, I, I, that's and I'm hoping for Bryce Young too. I think it'd be awesome. I think I think training camp would be so fun if Bryce Young is a quarterback and D'Amico Ryan's is the head coach of this football team. It would be the antithesis of what we've experienced the last two years with the Texans in training camp, where we've been trying to manufacture some sort of joy out of football being here. You know what I mean? And so. Um, I guess the big loser in all this, John, am I off base on this when I say the Colts are the big loser in this sequence of events? And that I'm assuming they had a chance to exceed what Carolina gave up to uh, to the Bears. They would the Bears wouldn't have had to move down as far. They would only they would have only had to move to four, and they would have been guaranteed Will Anderson or Jalen Carter if Jalen Carter is still on their board. And as I pointed out, Ryan Poles comes from a place in Kansas City where I. It takes a whole lot more than drag racing to get Jalen Carter off their board, I would imagine. So, um, but they move down to nine and take Carolina's deal. Where does Indianapolis go from here? There's four quarterbacks. Everybody thinks going to go in the top ten, but you don't like all four of them the same. There's just no way. It's like a beauty contest. Whether you're looking at women or men, you may like them, but you don't like them all the same. So, um. I, you know, maybe they caught the Texans are not going to trade with them. Mm-hmm. And somebody leaked it that the Panthers might trade down. What would be the point of that? None. So the Panthers are taking a quarterback. Texans are going to take quarterback. Then you got Arizona. What if Chris Ballard and Jim Irsay sitting in four? Well, we'll get one of these other two. And we like so and so best. Oops, somebody trades with Arizona and needs quarterback. And then you're left with the last one. And you may, he may be fourth on your list so i think they got to try real hard to trade up with arizona Hmm. to get the third quarterback either the one i think it'll be either anthony richardson or it'll be uh will levis and anthony richardson yeah shane steichen's got a new five-year contract chris ballard does not 
And, you know, they're not going to take a quarterback without Jim Irsay signing off on it. And so I think that uh, they'll end up with a quarterback, but it won't be one of the top two. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Three, that number three pick, John, for Arizona is the new one, right? Kind of, you know, like it's the, that's the, that's the, the old, that's the top open parking spot right now, I'll call it. Because we know Carolina ain't moving. I don't care what people say about them flip-flopping with the Texans. Nick's not doing it. Nick will sit it too and just wait this thing out. I'm convinced. Yeah. I was convinced of that when the Bears had the pick. Yeah. I'm even more convinced of it now that Carolina has the pick. Um, so so Carolina is is there parked at one, and they're leaving the car in that spot. The Texans are parked in spot number two. They are not moving. Arizona, Monty Ossonford, his first big assignment now to try to turn that number three pick into some more draft capital possibly. It's so funny. He was with the Texans two times early mm-hmm. under Charlie Casserly, but nobody remembers that. And he can't get fancy. He's lost J.J. Watt, 12 and a half sacks. He just lost the other defensive end, Zach Allen, who I watched closely on all the in-season hard knocks and how much Watt worked with him and liked him. And his defensive uh, line coach was Matt Burke, the Texans' new coordinator. I thought, sure, sure that Nick Serio would sign him. It just was such a natural deal, but he went to Denver and uh, – Got 15 million a year, John. The Texans don't shop in that aisle right now. They haven't been, but so the Cardinals got to have the help of the defensive line. So Will Anderson is a great prospect. If they trade, they better do it with the Colts and nobody else so they can still be guaranteed – of getting Will Anderson. Yeah, that's that's probably that's probably true. Hey, John, real quick before you and I get out of here, um, we were just talking about the Texans and the center position. Within the last ten minutes, I would say two of the top free agent centers off the market. Uh, Garrett Bradbury is going back to the Vikings on a on a, a new deal, three years, fifteen point seven five million. Uh, he was a first round pick for them back in twenty nineteen. And um, Ian Rappaport tweeting that Jake, this is the one I think a lot of Texan fans thought might happen, is Jake Brendel, uh, the center in San Francisco, um, is going back to the 49ers on a four-year deal. It says the Jets made a push, but he's back in San Francisco. So that's two of the free agent centers that potentially, and it played in this system too, in Minnesota with Gary Kubiak up there one time. You know, they've been Stefanski up there. They played in this system, and obviously San Francisco with uh, Brendel in this system, but uh, two names off the market, John. So the dream of the Minnesota center Schmidt uh, is, uh, is, is alive and well at 33. That's too bad. Um, I saw a story then in San Francisco about Jimmy Ward. If he made the same contract he made last year, he'd get a 13.4% raise because of taxes. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to Texas. Yep. Absolutely. Um, all right, John, what do you got going on on your various platforms? I'm writing a column for uh, uh, gallerysports.com. If Tillman Fertitta, who's a finalist for the Commanders, buys that franchise, he will immediately 
be the most popular owner in the NFL. Everybody will love him. He'll get a statue in the district. He'll get a parade down Pennsylvania Avenue and a stadium anywhere he wants because he's rid them of Daniel Snyder's reign of terror. Ding dong, the witch is dead. What do you? That's what, what do you, they'd be singing. What do you? Uh, what do you handicap that at, John? Chances of Tillman landing the Washington Commanders? I think the group that has Josh Harris who is the boss of Tad Brown, Yep. who owns the Sixers and the Devils, that he has a new partner up there. His name's something Rails. And those two guys together have a lot more money than Tillman, who's estimated worth is a little over $8 billion. And they're both from up there. I could see them making sure that they paid more than Tillman. I'm hoping Tillman gets it because I know he wants to buy an NFL franchise. But uh, – I, I I think he's going to come in second. What's John Washington is the one everybody's got eyes on right now, and like Denver was the last one to get sold, and we knew that one was going to get sold for a while once we lost Pat Bolin. After Washington, do, is there a team that is generally considered targetable by billionaires out there to get into that NFL billionaires club? Not that I know of. Yeah, but those things change. I know sure. in, in uh, the Chargers. One of the kids, uh, siblings, is trying to force uh, her brother, uh, who runs it, and uh, the other sister into forcing the franchise to be sold. I haven't been able to do it. And um, I don't know. Oh, uh, Seattle's going to be sold soon. Uh, oh, the, the uh, Allen family, yeah. Yeah, Paul Allen's sister is overseeing his empire and spends most of her time giving away money. Uh, the Seahawks are going to be sold at some point. Okay. Well, that's a good one. Uh, John, always enjoy it. And uh, I will talk to you on Wednesday morning on Payne and Pendergast. That sounds great, Sean. Thank you very much. All right. Good stuff. Thank you to all of you for listening. Hit that subscribe button. We've not done a mailbag this week. And John and I both have schedules that are in kind of in flux. So the mailbag, we may just wait till the dust settles with free agency and, and get back to the mailbag next week. Either way, email your questions to HOU mailbag at gmail.com. That's H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com. Big thanks to Figgy Fig for getting this podcast to each and every one of you in a quick, prompt fashion. He is the best. Um, so thank you all of you for listening. Hit the subscribe button. You'll get this podcast sent to you automatically wherever it is you get your podcast. Give us a review if you like to do that as well. That always helps. And um, we will see you next time. Uh, if anything big happens with the Texans, big, there will be an emergency episode. We promise you that. Uh, but John is off to Vegas. I am back from New York. And um, these are busy times right now. So we appreciate you tuning in. And we will see you next time on the Utopia Football Podcast. <laughs>